Good morning, freedom. Anybody? Nobody? Good morning, freedom. Hey, good morning off campus. Now I know I won't hear you say that, but that's okay. Wanted to include you though. Freedom, would you stand with us as we worship this morning? Peter's going to lead us into great things. Come let us worship our King. Come let us bow at His feet. He has done great things. And see what our Savior has done. See how His love overcomes. He has done great things. Our Savior, your name lifted high, oh God, you have done great things. Faithful through every storm, you'll be faithful forevermore, you have done great things. I know you will do it again For your promise is yes and amen You have done great things God, you do great things Oh, hero of heaven You conquered the grave You free every captive Break every chain, oh God have done great things. We dance in your freedom, awaken to life. Oh Jesus, our Savior, your name lifted high. Oh God, you have done great things. Hallelujah, God, above it all. Shakeable, hallelujah, you have done great things. Yes, he has. Hallelujah, God, above it all, hallelujah, God, unshakable, hallelujah, you have done great things. You've done great things. Oh, heaven you conquered the grave you free every captive and break every chain oh god you have done great things we dance in your freedom awaken to life oh jesus our savior your name lifted high oh god you have done great things you have done great things
Let your kingdom come here. Let your will be done here in us, Jesus. There is no one greater. You alone are Savior. Show the world your love. King of heaven, come down. King of heaven, come now. Let your glory reign, shining like the day. King of heaven, come. King of heaven, rise up. Who can stand against us? You are strong to save. Mighty name, King of Heaven, come. Cause we are children of Your mercy, rescued for Your glory. We cry, Jesus, set our hearts to towards You. Every I would see you lifted high. So, King of Heaven, come now. King of Heaven, come now. Let your glory reign, shining like the day. King of Heaven, come. King of Heaven, rise up. strong to say in your mighty name King of heaven come
Let your glory reign, shining like the day, King of heaven come. King of heaven rise up, who can stand against us? You are strong to save, in your mighty name, King of heaven come. You can have a seat. It's been a beautiful week, and what better way to start off this next one than with our church family, amen? amen. So welcome if you're new with us. Uh, feel free to grab a connect card in front of you, fill that out. We would love to welcome you to church, or you can check out the link that they're going to drop in the comments online, and you can fill out a digital connect card uh, there as well. I'd like to invite the ushers to the front, and we are now going to collect the offering. And so if uh, you want to give in person today, you can do so. Or if you want to give online later, you can find all of that at freedomkw.com give. Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for this opportunity to give back to you what is already yours. Father, I pray that you would use this offering to bless this community, Father. That you would be able to bless those in need. That we would be able to pour into this KW region. Father, I pray that we would honor you, you with it, that you would be glorified with everything we do, that we would be good stewards of what we are given. And Father, I pray that you would multiply it, that you would just bless so many people with it. And Father, I pray that uh, you would just honor each and every person um, for their giving. And so, Father, we thank you so much uh, for this opportunity to give, for this act of worship that we're able to take part in, and may you be glorified through it. Amen. Uh, so tonight, uh, we have deep roots, and so it's going to look a little different than what it usually looks like. So what we are going to invite you to do is one of a couple things. So it is your choice. So either you can stay in your community at home, and you can do a prayer walk. And so what this is, is you can walk around your community, pray for those in your neighborhood. And so just pray over that. Pray for people to come to Christ. Pray for any needs in your community that you know of. Pray for, you know, your next door neighbors and any needs that they have. Pray for anything that is on your heart, what God is leading you to pray for. You can do that there. Or you can come here. Miss Margaret is going to meet you here at the church, and you can do a prayer walk around the church. Or you can do a prayer walk around our community here in Williamsburg. And so there's actually a prayer map on our website for that. So if you want any more information about this, you can find that over at freedomkw.com prayer. And so we would invite you to join us for that, and we can't wait to be praying over our community tonight. Uh, also, I would like to invite Miss Margaret to the stage for another exciting announcement. All right, kids, this is for you and parents. This is also for you. On June, Saturday, June 11th, here at Freedom in Christ, we are joining together with WPA, which is Waterloo Pentecostal Assembly and Elmira Pentecostal Assembly, and we are having a special Bounce Back Kids Day just for our JK to grade six kids. As you guys know, with the pandemic, we usually take our kids to Bounce, um, which is a retreat put on by our district, but we're still not able to do that, so we are putting on a one-day event here for you kids. So we're going to have guest speakers, we're going to have worship, we're going to have bouncy castles, we're going to have an epic water fight. There's just going to be so much fun happening here. It's going to go from 9.30 a.m. to 3. Registration is open. Kids, bug your parents. They've all received the email with all the information. It's on Facebook. We can't wait. We've got a bunch of our youth helping us. A bunch of your kids' church helpers are going to be here. It's going to be an amazing day, and we are so excited to do that with you. I cannot wait. Also, if you are interested, adults, in helping 
with setup or cleanup, just come and talk to me. There's a lot of things that we have to do afterwards to get ready for Sunday morning. So if you are available for a few hours and you'd love to help us, we would love to have you come and help us with that. So we are looking forward to it. Saturday, June 11th, make sure you register, kids. It's going to be an amazing day. You're not going to want to miss out at all. It's going to be awesome. And I am excited. I don't know if you can tell, but I am excited. It's going to be so much fun. All right. I'm, and also, kids, now you're going to go... I'm going to go really fast from the stage to the back door. And you're going to meet me at the back door. Am I passing it back? I'm going to, I'm going to pass it to Matt. Well, that's okay. Why don't everybody stand? As the kids are leaving, why don't you turn around and just say hello to somebody out there, your neighbor. Do the Canadian thing, talk about the weather. faith arise in spite of what I see Lord I believe but help my unbelief I choose to trust you no matter what I feel let faith arise let faith arise for my champion's not dead, he is alive. He already knows my every need. Surely he will come and rescue me. God of miracles, come. We need your soup. Natural love to break through. Nothing's impossible. You're the God of miracles. Let faith arise. See the kingdom come. I lift my eyes. For the battle has been won, my God is faithful. Every single word he said is true. Oh, God of miracles come. We need your supernatural love to break through. Nothing's impossible. You're the God of miracles. We sing, God of miracles, come. We need your supernatural love to break through. Nothing's impossible. You're the God of miracles. 
world is shaking, it cannot be shaken. My heart is breaking, but I'm not broken yet. Your love is fearless. Help me to be courageous too. There's nothing impossible. This world is shaking, but you cannot be shaken. My heart is breaking, but I'm not broken yet. Your love is fearless. Help me to be courageous too. There's nothing impossible for the God of miracles. We need your supernatural love to break through. Nothing's impossible. You're the God of miracles. Because you're the God of miracles. Nothing's impossible. You're the God of miracles. Oh 
And so what happens here is pastors from across our nation join together. So they're going to be joining together in Winnipeg in just a couple of days. And so we want to pray over that. We want to make sure that uh, we as a body of believers are pouring into our pastors as well. We want to pray for them. And so I'd actually invite you guys as well, you know, throughout this next week, be praying for them as they're making very big decisions, as they're going there, as, you know, they're being poured into as well. And we want to make sure uh, that we're doing that. And so let's just take a moment to pray over the PUC general conference that's going to be taking place in Winnipeg. And so, Lord, I just want to lift up these leaders from across our nation that are coming together, that are making um, incredibly important decisions. 
Father, I pray that you would give them divine wisdom. Father, that there would be divine intervention as they gather together. Father, I pray that your spirit would be so thick in that place. Father, that each and every one of them would be filled anew with your presence. Father, I pray that as these pastors from across the nation gather together after what's been a tough couple of years, Father, I pray that they are poured into as well. Father, that they wouldn't feel, you know, a heavy burden on them, but Father, that they would feel a weightlessness that comes from the peace of being with you. Father, we thank you for the work that each of these pastors across the nation have done for so long, for how faithful they've been. Father, we pray for each of them. Father, we pray a blessing over each of them. Father, as they go in there, I pray that they would be filled up. I pray that as they head out from that conference, that they would be fired up, that they would be passionate, that they would feel like this is just the beginning. And Lord, for those that are making these decisions about important things like your statement of faith and, you know, all these other things that they're going to be discussing, Lord, I pray that you would be in the middle of that. Father, that they would be able to come together in unity as a body of believers, as the body of Christ. And Father, that this nation would be blessed by what happens here. Father, I pray for revival. I pray for revival that would start in the local churches across this nation that would be led by these pastors. Father, I pray that, you know, you would give new direction, a fresh wind of your spirit. Lord, we thank you so much for what you're doing in this great nation of Canada through each and every one of these pastors, through each and every one of our district executives. So Father, lead us. Lead these pastors, lead the superintendents, lead everybody who is involved with this throughout the process over the next week. And Father, may you just fill them up. Guide them, lead them, give them the wisdom and the strength that they need to continue to lead in incredible ways. So Father, just be with them this week. Watch over them, give them safe travels. Father, may incredible things come out of this. Amen. Amen. Oh, you can be seated, church. Well, good morning. Uh, yes, thank you, Pastor Ethan, for praying for us today. Pastor, Pastor Aaron and I are going to Winnipeg. <laughs> Why is it in Winnipeg? I love you, Winnipeg, if you're watching, but like, last time it was in Victoria, and that's different than Winnipeg. <laughs> that's all I'm going to say about that. It's just a little different. Uh, shorter flight, though. So uh, I, I do have a church life thing I want to say to you, and I, I just even this morning as we were, as you were coming into church, I did hear a even in this beautiful Sunday, a deep lament coming. Is everybody okay? The trees came down. I know. Is it, everyone's, <laughs> you guys, your faces. I know. We knew this was going to happen. We had talked about it. If you're new to freedom, you're like, what are you talking about? So these trees have been so historically climbed by our children. And uh, it, we knew they were, had to come down. It is a part of our future development. It absolutely is the next step 
but I know we just might need a moment of silence. That's okay. If you just need to go out there after church and just be like, just stand and just remember, that's like, that's you. I mean, be free, okay? No one's going to judge that. Um, and I, I, you know, it is, I have known about this for a long time. So I am in a different emotional place than some of you who weren't prepared this morning for what you saw. Um, but I will say this. Let me spin it for you, if you will let me, in just a little bit of a, 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 a very positive way. What is next, friends? So what's going to happen here is this berm, this berm is going to come down. We're going to have access to this neighborhood. We're going to have services coming in, sewer, water, um, and sanitary. Uh, no, I said that already. Sewer, water, and the other one, storm, coming in. And we're going to be able to service our property. Without doing that, we can't do anything else on this property. We are going to, I think eight trees came down. If you can count them, I might be wrong. They're planting 13 new ones and putting a garden there. So the access that we're gonna have and what it's gonna look like to our property from our new neighbors, which by the way, eight million houses are being built there right now. I don't know if you counted them this morning. Uh, so they are going to see, this is what, it's going to be like a welcome to freedom. Uh, and to be honest, the trees we had, while extraordinarily climbable, weren't awesome. Like. We didn't really take care of them. Like, they just sort of were. They were, you know, uh, native to the property when we bought it. And so I will say, if you want a spiritual look at this, first of all, that's a practical and beautiful look. But the spiritual look is, what do they say? When is the best time to plant a tree? 20 years ago, what's the second best time today, right? And so we are, you are literally planting trees for your grandchildren to climb, okay? And so we're investing. Do you love how I spun that? I worked super hard on that. Thank you very much. Yes, thank you. But it's actually true. It's actually true. It is my spiritual gift to just spin things like that. But I honestly believe that, and, and I know it's, it's a little shocking, and I just knew we needed to have a moment together. So when you see that, be free to be like, oh, man, that is crazy weird, and that's sad, and I have great memories of the kids climbing and all the chats we've had there. And I just want you to, if you can, just imagine the next decade and two decades and how we're setting up the property as a life transformation campus that's going to serve this neighborhood that's literally being built around us. So if that helps you, I hope it does, but be free to have your moment today. Uh, the staff, we already had our moment, right? It happened earlier in the week and we just started sending pictures around. Has anybody been here? This looks so weird. So um, things are happening. I don't know if you noticed, we're also building a pavilion. So <laughs> there's a lot, there's a lot, but we'll talk about that another time. Uh, just wanted to remind you, too, that there are some books out on the, in the lobby that uh, if you're anything interesting to you, anything you'd want to read, take it home. Um, it's for free for you. Uh, Pastor Dell and Arlene were cleaning out their library again and just wanted to give you first shot at those books. So, Although I heard I created some controversy last week when I said we don't take responsibility for what's written in those books. And <laughs> so I was like, what's out there? <laughs> nothing. <laughs> nothing. <laughs> we're just saying... People have a lot of ideas. They write them in books. We read books. We don't necessarily, you know how it is. Okay, okay. Anyway, there's some good stuff out there still. So here we are in our Empowered series. We are working through, we are working through um, what, what the Holy Spirit did in the Old Testament and how it relates now to us as a New Testament church. And we're going to work through this all the way to Pentecost Sunday. And so this morning I'm going to continue um, a little bit into what... Pastor Aaron was speaking about last week, and we'll start like this. I can't do this by myself. It's too much. All of these people. 
If this is how you intend to treat me, do me a favor and kill me. I've seen enough. I've had enough. Let me out of here. So overwhelmed, eh? Have you ever been in a place like this? Where you were just so overwhelmed with your life. Or how about this one? Answer me, God. Oh, answer me and reveal to this people that you are God, that the true God, and that you are giving these people another chance to repent. You ever been in a place like this where you were just so desperate for God to show up in this situation? Or maybe this one. Your servant has nothing at all. I have nothing at all except a small jar of olive oil. So in need. Have you ever been there? Where you're just looking at your life and there's just something, you just, you're just so in need in some way. These are quotes uh, from different translations, but these are quotes from the stories of Moses in Numbers 11, Elijah in 1 Kings 18, and Elisha with the prophet's widow in 2 Kings 4. And so if you can relate to Moses or Elijah or this widow who said these exact things in Scripture, I want to show you this morning how their stories point to the same miracles being available for your life today. You know, sometimes we think that the Holy Spirit showed up for the first time at Pentecost because that's when we, you know, we talk about the outpouring of the Spirit and the baptism of the Spirit. Like somehow the Holy Spirit was created by God for the birth of the church in the New Testament. Like he came after uh, the death, resurrection, and ascension of Jesus. But that's not true at all. Because what we, what we do see is that what he does and how he does it are a little different in the Old and New Testament to some degree. But I would argue with you this morning, not that you're arguing with me, but let's just say for the sake of that, that there, it's, it's, he is, what we see in the Old Testament, what we see in the New are two sides of the same coin. Because he is the same God. And so we, we do uh, talk a lot about the Holy Spirit here at Freedom. We pray to him. We ask him to speak to us. We know that we have him living in us. We say that all the time. If we've accepted Jesus as our Savior, we know that he guides and helps and protects and empowers and so much more. We, we, we do. You'll, you'll hear this in our language all the time. And I want you to really understand that the same Spirit was alive and active in the Old Testament as well. Maybe you think about the Old, Old, Old Testament, you think of the Holy Spirit, and you think of him doing things like hovering over the waters at creation. Maybe you have that picture come to mind. Or you just generally say, okay, no, I know that the Holy Spirit didn't just appear for the first time in the book of Acts or whatever. I know that he's omnipresent. He's always been there. He's always been doing his thing in some way. But I will tell you, church, that the Holy Spirit has been charismatic throughout all of time and human history. And charismatic literally just means, you might hear this word and wonder what it is. Charismatic uh, simply means having to do with the charismata. I know you can't define a word by using the word. I understand. A charismata would, would be the, the Greek word that means, uh, like, like that comes from that word gifts. So it, charismatic means it has to do with the gifts of the spirit. He has been giving gifts throughout all of human history, throughout all of scripture. So we've seen him doing that. So when we use that word charismatic, we're talking about how the Holy Spirit is gifting us in some way, shape, or form. So um, charismatic does mean that, that he's not only present hovering over the waters, which he was, 
but he's actively giving gifts and working in our lives um, for more than just salvation and redemptive purposes, though he, of course, also does that. He was active in moving throughout the scriptures, and, I, and you might say, okay, that's cool, we get it. Why does that matter? I'm going to give you a little background. I'm going to show you, and then I'm going to tell you a couple of stories. The people who were following God in the Old Testament, so the Israelites, but also others, there were foreigners who also followed uh, God. They, the people who were following God in the Old Testament, when you read through, you need to understand that um, God was being revealed to them slowly, uh, bit by bit by bit by bit. Not the same, because we can read all of it at, at once, or all, in a year, right, Pastor Aaron? We can read through it all in a year together in the Bible reading plan. Uh, so we can, we can see that, but those who were following God in the Old Testament were receiving revelation about who God is a little bit at a time, generation by generation, more and more and more of a revelation of God. So, for example, Noah trusted God enough to build the ark, so what he knew about God or, or what, he, what he called God or what he understood from, from what had been passed on to him was, was certainly something significant, enough for him to be in obedience. But it was Moses at the burning bush who had the name of God revealed to him. I am who I am. That eternal, um, no beginning and no end, all-encompassing name for God. And then we, later on, for example, we have David's devotion to God, which helped us to understand what the heart of God was like. Very rarely does, uh, does the Bible talk about God's heart, but here in David's story, we start to see the heart of God, not just the obedience to God and then the name of God, but now the heart of God is being revealed. And then through the prophets who spoke um, for God on his behalf, we hear through their words a description of lots of different things, including the heart of God, but uh, what, was, what is required of us as we follow God, what, what needs to be surrendered as the people of God, all of these things progressively being revealed through Scripture. So what the Spirit is doing in the Old Testament is exactly in line with this. So when you're reading this, I, I, the, the Scriptures, I want you to understand this about the, the Holy Spirit. He is showing up and he's moving as the Godhead, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, um, as, as that is being revealed, who God is, being revealed progressively to us. And it, like I said, we have this advantage of hindsight. We have the scriptures in completion right here, and we can see this being revealed, but we need to understand that as we're reading through scripture that they didn't have the whole thing to read through and understand what we can understand about God now. And there do seem to be, if, if, you're like, if you like to study scriptures and nerd out a little bit, this one's for you. But there seem to be five charismatic, meaning dealing with the gifts, the, the way that this Holy Spirit gifts the, the, the people of God. There seem to be five charismatic periods in the Old Testament. Um, God's gift of the Spirit was to anoint and empower and inspire people for divine service. And we see this, um, we see this throughout the Old Testament. Generally speaking, the first way that we see the Holy Spirit moving, the first, the first period, I should say, is the founding of the nation of Israel in the wilderness. So where we have leaders like Moses and Joshua, and we really see the Spirit at work. The second one is the period of Judges. Pastor Aaron talked about Deborah uh, last week and, and how they were divinely uh, anointed and empowered to lead the people at that time. We have Gideon and Samson and maybe some of those other uh, Sunday school stories that you may remember. The, we have the founding of the monarchy. So we have 
um, Saul and David, who were anointed as the first kings of Israel. And then we have the time of Elijah and Elisha, that fourth period, where there were many um, prophetic words um, and also lots of miracles. And we also have the, the spirit uh, transferring from mentor to mentee, from Elijah to Elisha. And the fifth period is the period of exile and restoration. So if you remember about the Israelites, they were so disobedient for such a long time that God allowed them to be um, to be captured by the Babylonians and taken into exile. And then there was the restoration. They were allowed to go back to Jerusalem and those things. Then they returned and rebuilt. So those five periods, we really see the Holy Spirit showing up in very specific ways. And so with very few exceptions in the Old Testament, this will just help you to understand when you're reading the Old Testament where the Spirit is at work. The charismatic activity of the Spirit of God is concentrated primarily in the, the founding fathers, the judges, the kings, the, the prophets, and the priests. And in the Old Testament, you'll also notice that there are, there are so many different ways that the, that the uh, writers of Scripture just try to describe the complexity of the activity of the Spirit. It, it, it uses words like the Spirit, come upon, or lift up, put up, put upon, raise, speak, stand, talk, clothe, give, fill, rest upon, lead, all throughout the Old Testament. It's, it's, the work of the Spirit is so rich and so beautiful in the Old Testament, if you know what you're looking at. And there is no doubt in my mind, of course, that the Holy Spirit did far more in the time of the Old Testament than we have recorded in these pages. We, only, we have not, of course, every single time, every single thing happened in that period of time. He was for sure at work. But the stories that we do have in Scripture that we're, we're kind of giving an outline for how he was working and, and what he was up to in those times show us about the nature of the Spirit, and this is going to translate for us today. This is what we're already in the middle of, so if you need some context because you haven't been with us. Last week, Pastor Aaron showed us how um, in the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit empowered for leadership, and how now we are also empowered in influence and leadership in every place that we are. This week, we're going to talk about the miracles in the Old Testament, and how uh, the, 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 the different ways that we specifically see the Holy Spirit involved in those miracles, and how that's going to translate for us today. Next week, we're going to talk about the ministry. This is a really cool one. Uh, the, the, how the, the Holy Spirit empowered for ministry, and then again, how we see that now in the church on fifth Sunday, we're going to talk about the power of a praying community through the, the power in the Holy Spirit of a praying community. And then Pentecost Sunday, uh, I don't know what Pastor Ethan's going to preach about that Sunday. We'll just have to wait and see. We'll have to wait and see. No, he's going to talk about Pentecost. That's what we talked about. Yeah, okay. Um, so last week, like I said, leadership. This week, miracles. And I give you that background because I think it's important, um, not so much to this particular message, but I think it's important because I want you, when you read the scriptures, to not feel lost. I don't want you to, I don't want you to think the Holy Spirit is a, is a, is a reserved uh, thing or entity for the New Testament, but I want you to see him as a part of the Godhead, moving all through scripture, understanding the progressive revelation of God through the Old Testament, and how the things that you see in the Old Testament will translate. That same spirit lives in you, and this is what we want to connect for you all the way through this series. So I will say this this morning on our topic, the Old Testament is full of miracles. Like really, really big miracles. Like Sunday school, flannel graph, worthy miracles. Okay? 
like miraculous miracles. We have the parting of the Red Sea, Daniel in the lion's den, David and Goliath, manna and quail in the wilderness, Jonah and the big fish, not, not a whale. Scripture doesn't say that. Noah and the ark. There are barren women giving birth all the time in the Old Testament. Does anybody notice this? There are encounters with angels. There are the dead are being raised. There is just a lot of miracles in the Old Testament. So I want to look at just a couple of them as representative, and I want to talk for a minute about what they reveal about the Holy Spirit at work. In Numbers 11, Moses is totally overwhelmed. He's completely overwhelmed with what God has asked him to do, with the burden of leadership on his life. And he tells God, literally, that if this is how things are going to be, he would rather be dead. He's so tired. It's that hard. So turn with me to Numbers chapter 11. Let's read and see how God met him in this. It'll be on the screen for you, of course, but if you're also in the YouVersion app, you can grab it there under more and then events, and you can follow along. These scriptures will be preloaded for you. Numbers 11 is very close to the beginning of the Bible. We're going to read verses 16 and 17, then jump to 24 and 25. Here's what it says in Numbers 11, 16. The Lord said to Moses, Bring me 70 elders of Israel who are known to you as leaders and officials among the people. Have them come to the tent of meeting that they may stand there with you. I will come down and speak with you there. And I will take some of the power of the spirit that is on you and put it on them. And they will share the burden of the people with you so that you will not have to carry it alone. 24. So Moses went out and told the people what the Lord had said. He brought together 70 of their elders and had them stand around the tent. Then the Lord came down in a cloud and spoke with him. And he took some of the power of the spirit that was on him and put it on the 70 elders. When the Spirit rested on them, they prophesied, but they did not do so again. A couple of textual notes here, just in case it's confusing to you. Um, we don't, the Scripture does not intend to say here that the Holy Spirit is like 100%, and then he broke himself up into little pieces. And, okay, this, this is the, the Spirit of God. So just like the Spirit is in each one of us, it's not like we all have like a certain percentage of the Spirit. The Spirit... Uh, meaning that the burden, some of that burden of leadership was lifted off of Moses and that the, the, and the 70 elders were then empowered with that same spirit to, to help. So that's kind of what, what that is intending here in case that's a little bit of confusing language. And also, in case you're wondering, that idea of they did not do so again, they prophesied and didn't do so again, is likely because um, that prophetic gift, that utterance, Oh, this is going to get into Acts chapter 2. But that speaking um, when you've been empowered by the Spirit to do so uh, was probably given to those elders in that moment to establish them before the people as Spirit-empowered leaders. So it was a sign to the people that these men had been set apart for leadership and that, that that was a very specific sign. And they did not do so again because it wasn't necessary for the ongoing work of what they were doing, but it was important that the people recognize them as Spirit-empowered leaders. So that's probably why that, that note is in there. So what do we see here in this passage beyond those a couple of textual notes there? That in the midst of Moses' overwhelm, and, at, and in the midst of him being at the end of his rope, the Spirit comes and lifts the burden. And he empowers more leaders for the work, and he answers Moses' exhausted prayer. And I don't know, like, maybe this is like, 
doesn't seem like a classic miracle to you. Like, this is no Jonah and the big fish. Like, no one's getting swallowed and spit out, and, like, the Red Sea isn't parting. But let me tell you, friends, that this is an incredible miracle. Because when the Spirit comes into your life and does the miracle of lifting a burden, it is an incredible gift. It is an incredible gift. I don't know if you've ever experienced that in your life, but let me tell you that this is a miracle. Here's another one. In 1 Kings 18, the prophet Elijah is facing down 450 prophets of Baal. This is 450 versus one prophet of God. So there's two altars set up. My youth pastor growing up used to love to preach from this. I have so many like, of his messages in my mind. There's two altars that are set up. And the, the deal is this. The, the people are all there gathered. They have these 450 prophets of Baal. And then Elijah, um, and they've set these altars up, and they're. Did I just lose my mic? Okay, we're all good. Okay, good. Whatever, whatever God answers by fire, uh, to the altar is the is the God that the people have said. Whoever answers by fire is the God that we will serve. Okay, that's what they said. Sure, like let's agree to that. It's a very dramatic scene because all day the prophets of Baal have their altar built, and they're doing everything that they can think to have Baal come and like answer with fire and it's this whole scene and then Elijah gets real cheeky and he starts making fun of them like it's a fun story you should read it um but there's a lot going on there and there's of course no response from Baal and so this is this is what's going on so then it's Elijah's turn and Elijah not only sets up his altar to God but he tells the guys hey I want you to soak it with water three times Let's make this extra, extra hard, just to be sure. Soak it with water three times. Let's read what happens. First Kings chapter 18. We're going to start at verse 36. It says this. At the time of sacrifice, the prophet Elijah stepped forward and prayed. Lord, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known today that you are God in Israel, and that I am your servant and have done all of these things at your command. Answer me, Lord, answer me, so these people will know that you, Lord, are God, and that you are turning their hearts back again. Then the fire of the Lord fell and burned up the sacrifice, the wood, the stones, and the soil, and also licked up the water in the trench. When all the people saw this, they fell prostrate and cried, The Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. You should go back and read the whole story. <laughs> what do we see here, friends? What do we see here? When things that we have been serving come up empty, and we're desperate to know if God is actually really real, if he's going to show himself to be who he says he is, when we need his presence and his power in our lives, but we are trying to find him in a place that's like anything but looking like it's ready to ignite, like it's been soaked three times in water, like it's drowning in whatever it is in our life that we've, we've replaced God with. Maybe it's drowning in sin or apathy or selfishness or whatever other idol we put in front of God. And then when we call on him with humility and sincerity, he shows up with fire. The Holy Spirit of God showed up with fire. When we need to know the presence of God, when we ask him to show himself to us, he is able to come unmistakably and with power. 
In 2 Kings chapter 4, Elijah's protege, Elisha, just remember that, had just watched Elijah, his mentor, be taken up into heaven in a chariot of fire. It's awesome too. There's so much good stuff. I hope you read these. But I, can't, I can't read all of them. Um, and as promised, because he had asked, he said, if I, if I see you go, I, I want to receive a double portion of the spirit that has been on you, Elijah. And he sees him go, and th- those words are fulfilled. And in other words, when he's saying that, um, uh, like, again, it's not like there's the Holy Spirit and then there's, like, the superpowered Holy Spirit. Like, that's not what it means. Uh, a double portion was probably talking about uh, receiving the inheritance of Elijah because the oldest son in the family received a double portion of the inheritance. So he's saying, I want the inheritance of, of what God has done in and through your life, and I want to do it. I want it, to, like, to keep going, and I want even more. Like, I want to do even more. So that's what was happening. That was promised to him. It was given to him. And so newly empowered, Elisha is walking away from this experience, and he meets a desperate widow. Let's look at 2 Kings chapter 4. Starting at verse 1 in 2 Kings 4, it says this, The wife of a man from the company of the prophets cried out to Elisha, Your servant, my husband, is dead, and you know that he revered the Lord. But now his creditor is coming to take my two, son, my two boys as his slaves. Elisha replied to her, How can I help you? Tell me, what do you have in your house? Your servant has nothing here at all, she said, except a small jar of olive oil. Elisha said, go around and ask your neighbors for empty jars. Don't ask for just a few. Then go inside and shut the door behind you and your sons. Pour oil into all the jars as each is filled. Put it to one side. She left him and shut the door behind her and her sons, and they brought the jars to her, and and she kept pouring. And when all the jars were full, she said to her son, bring me another one. But he replied, there is not a jar left. Then the oil stopped flowing. She went and told the man of God, and he said, Go and sell the oil and pay your debts. You and your sons can live on what is left. It's good stuff. What do we see here? We know the Spirit had empowered Elisha. Very clear in Scripture. And that he was empowered in this moment here to meet the need of the widow and her sons. The provision that was needed was provided. Another miracle. So these are faith-building, God-revealing stories in the Old Testament. This is the God to be revealed as the God who can lift burdens and make his presence known and provide for every need. And again, we, as we read through the Old Testament, we see these things happening at specific times and specific places and for specific reasons. But listen, friends, each one of these points to the same miracles being available in your life today. Because we are now daily empowered by the Holy Spirit because we believe in Jesus. So these might seem far-fetched or like it could never happen to you, but I'll tell you, and I'm going to say it a thousand times, so just be be fine with it because you're sitting here and I have the microphone. This is the same Spirit who empowered and did those things lives in you today. He is the same Spirit. And so therefore, He is still working. And therefore, it's not just here and here and here, but it's all of us every day, everywhere we go for everything that we need. Ephesians 1, 18 to 20 says this. Paul is praying this over the church in Ephesus. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. 
in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people, his incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is the, say it with me, same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at the right hand of God in the heavenly realm. That's the power of God. That same power who lives in you is the same power who was able to raise Christ from the dead. This is no small power. Romans 8, 11, and if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his spirit who lives in you. Repetition for a purpose. Get it? Yes. There is no doubt in the scriptures. The same Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, the ultimate miracle, by the way, lives in you. The same spirit that empowered Moses and the 70 and Elijah and Elisha to provide for that need, that same spirit is alive in you. Do you believe, church? Do you believe it, church? Do you need a miracle in your life today? Because the same spirit that we read about in these miracles in the Old Testament is here today. If this is a new concept for you and you're like, how weird is this going to get in here? It's a little bit, but not very... Not very, because I just want you to know that we really do believe that he is the same spirit, he's alive and active, and that he is here to meet needs. He doesn't give us every single thing we want. We know that in this world we will have trouble, but I will tell you that he is also the God of miracles. He is the way maker. He is the one. So be reminded this morning that the working of the Holy Spirit in these scriptures reminds you that you know yourself and have living in you that same miracle worker. So we're going to take a moment today. Matt, you can come. We're going to take a moment today and just invite you. If there is something in your life that you need a miracle, a miracle can be a lot of things. It's a, we've seen it in scripture already. Sometimes it's a provision of a need. You need to just, God needs to show up and like provide something. You're at at your wit's end. Sometimes a miracle looks like a burden that you are carrying and you do not know how to give to him. You just carry it everywhere you go. And you don't know how to to let it go. You know that his his yoke is easy and his burden is light. But it's, it's, you don't know how to, you don't know, you just need him to lift a burden for you in some way. Maybe it's provision that would do it. Maybe you literally just need God to do something to provide for you in a way that, I don't know, only you know, I I assume that in this place there are just things going through your mind. If God could just meet me in this place, if if his presence could just show up, my my heart, my, my spirit are just dry, I believe, but I haven't you know, felt the presence of God in a long time and I haven't heard his voice in a long time or maybe ever and if he could just show himself to me, That's what Elijah called out for and God answered with fire. Whatever it is that you need today, I will tell you that what we learn in scripture is that the God of miracles lives in us and is ready to provide for the thing that we need. And so um, as the team comes and and leads us, I'm just gonna open these altars to you. I'm gonna say, hey, come on up and just ask for 
whatever it is that you need. Come and give him the burden of your heart. Come and trust him with the provision that you need in your life. Come and invite him to show you his presence again. Maybe it's direction in your life. Maybe uh, there's just an answer to prayer that you, I don't know what it is, whatever. This, this is, it doesn't matter. God knows that. Come and uh, pour that out. Why come to the altar? Why can't I just do it on my seat? It's so much more comfortable. You can. Be free. You can. That doesn't matter to me. But there is something about coming up as a step of faith to say, I'm not, I'm, I'm just, I need to come out and say, God, I am putting myself in a place of surrender to you. And I don't care what all these people think. We don't care, by the way. And uh, it's free. Okay? So as you come up, um, prayer team, of course, you know, come and, and pray. If you want someone to join in faith with you, come and pr- come up here and pray. And let's just ask the God of miracles to meet us in every single place. You can do it where you're sitting. You can do in this place, uh, at the altars, whatever you want to do. But come and let's stand together. Church, could we trust him to be who he has already shown himself to be? Could we trust him to come and move in incredible, miraculous ways every day in our lives and specifically here this morning over the things that are on our hearts? Could we trust him? So we invite you, Lord Jesus, to come. And show us the things that you want to do in our lives. We don't come selfishly because we, we hear you asking us to come and, and, and place every burden at your feet. You told us to come and, and trust you with our whole lives. You told us to come and, and to expect to be met in the spirit. You told us to come for provision. You told us to come uh, with every burden on our hearts. You told us to come. And so we want to come and trust the God of miracles to meet us this morning. Holy Spirit, do a work in us. Give us boldness and faith. We pray for the gift of faith to be uh, to rise up in this place. Would you gift your church with that now? That we would believe in faith for the things that we need in our lives. That you would show up with provision, with your presence, with your uh, the lifting of burdens and whatever else that your church needs. Come, Lord. We have come to meet with you and we invite you to meet with us this morning. And we trust you with it in Jesus' name. Yes, Lord Jesus. Let faith arise In spite of what I see, Lord, I believe But help my unbelief, I choose to trust you No matter what I feel, let faith arise Let faith arise For my champion's not dead, he is alive He already knows my every need Surely he will come and rescue me God of Nothing's impossible. You're the God of miracles. Let faith arise. See the kingdom come. I lift my eyes. 
Oh, for the battle has been won, my God is faithful. Every single word he said is true. You're the God of miracles. So God of miracles, come. We need your supernatural love to break through. Nothing's impossible. You're the God of miracles. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Off campus, if you are with us this morning, I want you to go to freedomkw.com slash prayer, and you can put your prayer requests right in there. Our, our prayer team will pray for you this morning. You can also leave us a message in the chat, and we will get back to you, and we will pray with you in that way too. You're part of what we're doing here this morning. You're part of the miracle. The Holy Spirit lives in you. It's not just him in this room, but you are with us today. So we believe for miracles for your life as well. And with that, we're going to say goodbye to our off-campus family as we continue to pray here together this morning. But please, off-campus, be free to send us a prayer request. We would be delighted.